Howdy folks, welcome to our podcast, American Cowboy in New Zealand. This is Ben Longwell with True West Horsemanship. We're glad you're here. Join us as we share stories and adventures and interview extraordinary men and women in the equine and ranching industries to gain insight into horsemanship and life itself. It is our mission to help people and their horses better understand one another and achieve together that which they cannot do individually. Thanks for riding along with us. Hey there, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're having a great day wherever you're at in the world. Hey, be sure and leave us a review or a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. That would mean a lot to us uh, if you're able to do that. Today, I'm going to start to look at what I call the five fundamentals. And basically, it's a, a series of episodes that I want to do on some physical qualities that we're working on progressively developing in our horses. When it comes to our initial groundwork and early stages of riding, in other words, getting the basics established, it seems that many folks are not entirely clear what specific principles they're working on or what priority things should take if there's confusion, resistance, reaction, etc. We discussed what I call the three R's in episode three and looking deeper than just physical outcomes. Uh, but more importantly, the mental and emotional state of our horse. If you haven't listened to episode three yet, I encourage you to do that. But in this episode, I do want to start to look at the physical qualities that we are wanting to progressively develop in both our groundwork and ridden work that lay the best foundation for horses of any breed or discipline. Understanding these fundamentals and having them clear in our minds can help us be more clear address issues in a timely way, and avoid many common pitfalls. The first fundamental we need established is good quality forward movement. I often say to my students, forward first. We've got to have forward working first. This idea starts from the very beginning. Right from the very beginning when we start groundwork with a colt or our halter training a youngster and we're starting to try to communicate the idea of movement. Some are going to be naturally forward and others will not be as motivated to move without seeing some reason. Oftentimes this means that when they do move it's going to be more reactive. They, they are going to be reacting, reacting in that movement and not truly responding. We want to give them a reason. We want to always reward good effort and quality building quantity slowly. I think that quality is more important than quantity, particularly at the beginning of these processes. Without good quality forward movement in our horses, it becomes very difficult to do much of anything else, much less add refinement, accuracy, speed, higher level movements, anything. That is why it's forward first. You know, Ray Hunt used to say, a good walk is a discipline. And I don't think he was only talking about the horse. <laughs> and if you don't know who Ray Hunt was, you got to start doing your research. All right. Very, very important to study these masters of horsemanship from days gone by. Ray Hunt was uh, one of the leading 
guys who have led this revolution in, in horsemanship that is now around the world uh, in the way that we think about our horses and deal with them and, and address things and, and fix our approach to fit the horse. Uh, very, very influential. So the idea of a good walk is a discipline, particularly with one that isn't naturally forward. We as riders must be disciplined in how we ask, how we follow through, and how we make the right thing easy instead of nagging. Now, I believe this quality in our own communication can all begin on the ground. Laying the foundation of our communication through groundwork. Too often, true body language is substituted with a tool or unclear stimulus when asking for the life to come up in our horses. Twirling the rope, use of the flag can easily fall into this category. So within the movement and noise in our life, the element of body language that I call life, or you could say energy, if you haven't listened to episode five, where I sort of dissect the idea of body language and define it so that it's quantified, it's a very common term. You hear it all throughout you know, the horsemanship world, uh, but it is often overused, misunderstood, and really not very well defined or applied. So if you haven't listened to episode five, I encourage you to do that. Within the movement and noise in that life, that element of our body language that I call life, is the idea of rhythm. Rhythm within that movement. Rhythm within that noise. See, horses move with rhythm. Each gait has a specific beat. As foals, they learn very quickly in the first few hours of life how to begin to rate with their dams. Keeping in sync with her in both changes of speed and direction. And you can see this at work in a herd of horses, no matter how large, when they're all running one way and suddenly they swoop around, turning at speed all at the same time. They're in sync. None of them are tripping over one another or bumping into each other, you know, falling down. If they did that, you know, then when the herd would go to flee a predator, you'd have some of them getting injured or falling down. That predator's going to get one of them. You know, they, they, they can get in sync with one another and there's this feel. See, this is an example of feel. And maybe you've never seen a huge herd of horses moving uh, in, in real life. Maybe it's on a video. I mean, you should look up, you know, National Geographic or watch a documentary on the Mustangs or, uh, even just the other day, I watched an old Western with John Wayne that I'd never seen and, uh, had a huge herd of horses in it. One of the largest herds of horses I've ever seen in a Western movie. And it's amazing when you see these horses, how they move together. Us humans could never do that. You know, we can't, even drive on the roads while all trying to follow the same rules without running into each other. It's just, we just don't have this feel where we can get in sync and we can operate in harmony with one another. 
So what we're trying to offer our horses is the feeling of going together. Again, this can start on the ground in the way we use our actual bodies in our body language. The movement, the noises we, we may be making can be offered with the rhythm, see, that we'd like our horses to be moving at. They're familiar with this feeling, all right? They are familiar with the feeling amongst themselves, though perhaps not with humans. And then we too may not be familiar with how traveling together can really feel. How does that feel if we were to actually get with the horse? So it's a process. We must first go with them in order to get a feel for it and offer this idea to them. Then we may begin to be able to pick up a little quicker rhythm, say, or maybe a little slower to see if they'll come up or down with us. If not, then we can start to come in with gradually more life, more maybe movement or noise, you know, like clicking of the tongue or, or even the rope or even, you know, a smack on the backside with the rope. I've found with this approach, you very, very rarely need to smack one with the rope on the backside. That's something that some of us, not all of us, but some of us tend to go to sooner or more often than we actually need to if we recognize some of the tools that we actually could be working with. Particularly if they've not been dulled in the first place, horses can be very, very intuitive in the way they pick this up if we know how to offer it to them. Rhythm within your life, within your movement, within your, the noises you might be making. Okay. So that's where it starts on the ground. And again, we offer it to them first. We may have to go with them, whatever they're doing. Maybe we ask them to move off and maybe it's not a very good walk, right? You'd like to see a little better walk. But you just go with them, you match that rhythm, then you begin to see if they'll come with you in some changes of rhythm. And of course, you're gonna throw in some changes of direction and various other things, make that an interesting conversation. But you're gonna to try to reward any kind of quality of that forward, that idea of good forward movement, by getting real quiet and going with it, leaving them alone, giving them some peace to operate the way you've asked them to operate. Then to build on this idea, a rider needs to understand the use of the seat as the primary aid in riding. Specifically, in this case, talking about forward motion, is what I call go, go faster, go slower, and stop, right? So you can think in terms of, you know, the throttle and the brakes, or however you want to think about that. But this can be communicated primarily through the seat. This begins first in us as riders being aware of the lateral swinging motion of a horse's barrel in both the walk and the trot and using our seat or our pelvis to move with them. So there's a lateral swing or you might feel your, your uh, seat bones drop from side to side and, and of course the walk is the best place to start this little exercise if you've not done this before. Okay. What, what's happening here is that this puts us in time with the hind feet. 
which is where the impulsion, see, that we're wanting is to come from. Impulsion, the power, comes from the hind and this motion as their barrel swings is in time with the hind feet. In other words, as you would feel your left seat bone drop, his barrel swinging out to his right, that is the moment when his left hind is leaving the ground. That is the moment when that left hind is coming forward. See, there's that word again, forward. So, as we offer our horses harmony in traveling together, with our seat moving with their movement, they begin to hunt that when we make subtle changes in the rhythm of our seat. This is what I mean by it becoming the primary way we would ask. Not the only way, but the primary way we would ask with our seat for them to walk faster or transition to the trot or canter or walk slower or even rate, begin and be able to rate within each of those gates a faster rhythm or a slower rhythm within each of those gates. And then of course also the stop and the go from the standstill can begin with our seat. This is not to say that you would never use the legs or the hands, okay? And I often start this little conversation in my clinics by saying, you know, we all probably learned when we first started riding, whether we were a kid or, or whatever, you know, the most basic instructions that most people are given when they start to ride is kick on them to go, pull on them to stop, pull left to go left, pull right to go right or something like that. If they're a neck reining horse, then, you know, one hand and bring your hand over to the left and take them to the left, right? And this is effective to, to the point that we keep doing it, right? This will work with most horses or to <laughs> enough, I guess, that, that this is the way that we're still instructing people to ride. It's very simple. It's very rudimentary. It's very basic, but it's not it doesn't fit the horse. It doesn't motivate the horse. It doesn't feel right to the horse. There's no harmony, right? And so most of us, if we're riding this way, are sort of operating our horse like a machine and expecting a machine-like response to these mechanical things that we're doing. And what I'm trying to bring in is an idea of feel where the mind of the horse is so in tune with us that his body, his feet are doing what we'd like him to because he'd like to do that and he's thinking that. See, it's his idea. It's our idea. His and ours, you see. Not just mine, but ours, you know. And there's, you know, there, there's a lot more to say about that. That sort of gets us off into a slightly different subject. But when it comes to dealing with forward or the lack thereof in our horses, this is fundamental. Absolutely fundamental. Now, it may sound complicated or maybe it sounds difficult to you. Maybe you've got a horse that's what you'd call lazy or I like to say energy conservationist, you know. Um, I don't know that horses are lazy, but they, they don't like to waste energy. Some of them are very, very you know, conservative when it comes to that. And the thing about these laid back horses is that it's very easy to dull them if we don't apply pressure at the right time for the right reasons. If we don't offer them a good deal, a clear release, 
and make the right thing easy. So it may sound very difficult for you, or and it, and it may be difficult. To, for a horse that's been dulled to a lot of pressure, he isn't very sensitive anymore. It is certainly harder for an older horse that has basically been desensitized to the wrong things. It can be difficult. But it never ceases to amaze me how quickly a colt picks up on this in just the first few rides because of the way we've set it up from the beginning on the ground and it's just intuitive and they know there's harmony to be had. So many of our horses don't really know there's harmony to be had. We maybe don't even know that. Maybe we're not even offering that to them so no wonder our horses don't know it. We've got to get the idea in our heads guys that we can offer our horses harmony and peace and a traveling together because we're thinking together. Now that doesn't mean, you know, that there's never any confusion or uh, change, uh, differences of opinion or anything like that, right? It's not a perfect world, but if our horses don't even know, if we don't even know there's harmony to be had, then it's going to be pretty hard, okay? And a lot of times, we're just we just want to go trail riding we just want to go out on a trek and we're out with a group and our horse goes with the other horses we all go together and we don't run across anything too much that bothers our horses and we all have a good time and we don't even think anything of it or maybe we're competitive and we we've got our horse going and maybe we trained him and maybe somebody else trained him but he knows what his job is he seems to enjoy it or maybe he's so shut down that you wouldn't really even know he, he just does what he's told and you go and you do what you do and you do pretty good at it, you enjoy it, maybe you win a ribbon, whatever, right? And we don't take the time to actually wonder or, or really ask, is this horse understanding and enjoying this? Are we together in this or have we got a robot on our hands? Or is he shut down? Or maybe you're not having much luck in the competition ring because your horse won't shut down. <laughs> She can't handle it, you know, and and uh, there's some problems there. It all boils down to where the mind is at, okay? Now, this first fundamental communication of this basic, basic principle, forward first, all right? One of the most common mistakes we make as humans is to nag our horses to go. Again, most of us who are going to be struggling with the idea of a lack of forward or a problem with forward is with those more laid-back horses, and that's where we have the tendency to nag, all right? And this can happen on the ground or while riding, clicking the tongue continuously, twirling the rope without stopping, drumming or pedaling along with our legs or our feet. These are, these are uh, examples of nagging. Nagging like this is a sure way to desensitize what is usually a laid-back horse into becoming dull to the very things we actually want to mean something. Our aids, our tools for communication. If you're not careful, that laid-back horse has quite a capacity for tolerance and he's going to build up tolerance to those things that you actually don't want him just tolerant to. So we, as riders, we, as horsemen, must be disciplined to get quiet and try to go with them if they pick up a little life, even if it's only for a stride, right? 
So you're going to use your seat. If that means nothing, you're going to follow through, right? Or on the ground, you're going to use your rhythm. I, I like to say rhythm in your feet, movement, right? If that doesn't work, we are going to follow through. We're going to ask for some good quality forward movement. But if they pick up a little life, we've got to show them some harmony. If we don't show them a little harmony there, they lose a little bit more motivation and a little bit more sensitivity. And they go along and they're still not putting their heart into it. Nothing's changed in their mind. Nothing's changed in their feet. What we have to do is allow them to make the mistake of slowing down instead of trying to prevent it. Then we address it. All right. So again, they may only pick up that good walk for a stride, say. And you know, sure as the world, they're going to die right back down. Let them start to die back down. Don't try to prevent it because then you're nagging. You're saying keep going instead of get going again, you know. And there's a timing there. There's a real important timing there because if they've died out and now you've let them be for three strides after they've died out from that good stride, well, you're late and they're getting a nice reward for having slacked off. What you want them to do is get a nice reward for having stepped up. That's when you give them the reward. So you got to really get in tune. And the cool thing is as you practice this, you will start to feel both on the ground and under saddle. When you're in tune together, see, you're going to be able to start to feel the changes they're making both upwards or in a better way. And then if they're downwards or they're coming down and they're starting to slack, you'll be able to start to feel that sooner. So your timing sharpens up. You're not nagging, but you're just a little quicker to say, you're starting to drop down here. I feel you. Walk up there. All right. And there's a real clarity that can come with, with that. And this is, this is the only way I feel to make the right thing easy with clarity with a horse like this. One thing to think about when you're doing your riding, especially for those of you with laid back horses who tend towards dullness and those sorts of things, try to set it up so that there is somewhere to go. All right. Now, for many of you, you might be trail riders and, and you like to go out and, and typically horses do better outside with somewhere actually to go. But if you find yourself, you know, in an arena or you're doing some arena work or you're trying to, to say, prepare for a show and you've got one of these types of horses, try to set it up that even within the arena, there's some destinations. All right. Pick a couple of spots where you'll rest during your ride, during your clinic. Maybe not the same every day. But pick some spots where if he walks up real good, you're going to rest right there. Or if he's putting forth some good effort, you're just going to time it up so that you're going to come to a resting spot, a spot where you're going to soak on some things right in that same area. And, and you'll have two or three options so that you can play with it. But you're going to plan your little series of transitions and exercises you're working on so that you can rest in that spot. Give him a place to go where he knows hey, that's that rest zone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk up over there. I'm going to walk real good here. We're headed that way. Give him a reason. Give him some motivation there. Try not to drill on him too much when there's nowhere to go. So I hope that you've been able to grasp some of this. It's a big subject and it's very, very important. It's absolute, well, it's first, right? Forward first. Trying to grasp this approach perhaps through this verbal description can be challenging. So I've got a number of videos that might help you see what I'm talking about, both on YouTube and my online video library on my website, including a full series on groundwork 
and written work. All right, laying out these basics and describing this, uh, these things that I'm talking about. If you haven't already checked it out, our, our video library starts with a free seven day trial. Check it out. I know you will not be disappointed. We have so many folks writing to tell us how much they're learning from our video library. It's at truewesthorsemanship.com. Check that out. And uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening and tuning in today. That's all from me. Keep a leg on each side and your mind in the middle. We'll catch you down the road. Well, that's all from us today. Thank you for listening to American Cowboy in New Zealand. If you like this episode, please share and leave your five-star rating or review. Remember, you can find us on social media or our website, truewesthorsemanship.com.